Hello there! Welcome to Baytag's Cantina, a community for all Star Wars fans. I'm your host, Baytag, a theater major who loves analyzing character development in stories, especially in the Star Wars universe. I'm here to ramble my way across the galaxy and hopefully introduce you to some new outlooks on the beloved franchise. So whether you're a casual fan or a diehard enthusiast, be sure to grab your Spotchka and Mantel mix and let's dive in. In today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into a book that I read in April titled Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars. And this book, sorry, if you're a Twilight fan, you know, Battle Scars. Whenever I've been telling anybody about this book, all I can think of is Battle Scars. <laughs> Anyways, um, this book was written by Sam Maggs, and this book was chosen by the Patreon members of Sisterhood of the Travel and Bantha, a little podcast that I occasionally guest on, which is hosted by two of my dear friends who are also amazing women, Crystal and Denise. And I met Crystal and Denise through the Mandalorian Mercs Costuming Club. So if your mom and dad are like, oh, costuming's weird, um, you can meet a lot of really cool people while costuming and learn really good skills. So that's stupid. They shouldn't say that. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Speaking of Sisterhood of the Traveling Bantha, they have a super lovable mascot named Bonnie who happens to be a Bantha. Now, Bonnie is from Build-A-Bear. Bonnie is incredibly soft and cuddly, and regardless of whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, she just has a way of stealing everyone's heart. In fact, she's practically everyone's emotional support animal. We were all holding on to her for dear life during season three finale of Mandalorian, so... Um, <laughs> She's basically everyone's emotional support animal. Uh, additionally, Sisterhood of the Traveling Bantha has a book club named Bonnie's Bookshelf, which how adorable is that? Like, that's so perfect. Now, if you are interested in joining the Sisterhood of the Traveling Bantha, Discord is um, in order to get access to Bonnie's Bookshelf. You can visit my friends at Sisterhood of the Traveling Bantha through their social media, which will be at Traveling Bantha. Or you can go to linktree forward slash Traveling Bantha. Now that my shameless plug for Bonnie's bookshelf is over, let's hop into this review. So this book takes place 11 to 14 years before the Battle of Yavin. Ooh, okay. Now there's a Star Wars term that you will need to get familiar with. Um, if you're going to keep listening to my podcast, um, before the Battle of Yavin is a, basically a way in which Star Wars fans keep track of time. So before the Battle of Yavin, or you will also hear it most commonly referred to as BBY, um, you can think of this as the current real world scenario and way we keep time of BC before Christ or AD after death. Um, it's just an abbreviation of a historical event by which we use it as a time marker. So that being said, I'm sure you can assume the year that the Battle of Yavin occurs is the year zero BBY. And anything after that is, you probably guessed it, <laughs> ABY or after the Battle of Yavin. So this book is 11 to around 14 years before the Battle of Yavin. So there you go, little tidbit. Uh, this book is canon, so that means that it's really a part of the Star Wars universe. Whether we like it or not, it is a part of the universe. This is, in fact, the truth of what happened 
in between Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the two video games where a majority of Cal Kestis's story takes place. Now, if you don't know who Cal Kestis is, <laughs> are you in for a treat? So let's talk about it, okay? Um, the very first game in which we see Cal Kestis is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So I have played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which again takes place before this book, and I love that game. I will be doing an episode on that game eventually, but today is not that day. All you need to know today is that I played that game during the hardest part of the pandemic for me, and I also have this weird thing. <laughs> Can we eat Taylor Swift for a moment? I have this thing where games that I really enjoy, I don't want to finish because I don't want the experience to end. And that's a weird thing. Um, I think a lot of gamers experience that though. There's like a weird sadness that comes with completing a game that you really enjoy. So I finished like 99% of Jedi Fallen Order in 2020. And then I didn't want to think about it because I knew what was coming and I didn't want, I didn't want it to end because it was such a good game. <laughs> so I put it on the back burner uh, until turns out Jedi Survivor part two. So the second video game um, was about to come out in April of this year. So last month on April 28th, the game was going to drop. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, crap, I got to finish the game. So I finished the final scene, which I'm not going to spoil the spoiler free zone for the game. So don't worry about that. Um, but I finished Jedi Fallen Order. And um, then turns out Jedi Survivor only available on a Series X Xbox and I'm still on an Xbox One. So basically, I finished Jedi Fallen Order for no reason, but <laughs> I am glad I did finish because it was the perfect lead up to this book. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order tells us, now Jedi Fallen Order, this is the video game. I'm going to give you a real short synopsis so that way you're, you're up to speed for when we get to the book, okay? And again, this is spoiler free. This is exactly, not exactly, but it's I, a little bit of the summary from Wikipedia, who knows? Maybe I paraphrased a little. Uh, <laughs> so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order tells us the despairing story of a character named Cal Kestis, played and motion captured by the amazing Cameron Monaghan. And you may know Cameron if you were a fan of the television show Gotham that ran from 2015 to 2019. My family was obsessed with this show. <laughs> we, we watched the heck out of Gotham. That was back when we had Dish. So that was when you had to like remember DVRing things and recording them and then going back and watching them. Yeah, that was a wild time. So that was when we had Dish. Uh, but he was in Gotham and he played Jerome and Jeremiah Valeska, who was Gotham's version of the Joker. And might I add, his performance in that show was magnificent. I remember showing clips of his Joker laugh to my friends at school because I was like, oh my God, he's like a little Heath Ledger mixed with Jack Nicholson. He's like the greatest. And flash flash forward, now he's Cal Kestis, a Jedi who survived Order 66 and who, like most Jedi, immediately went into hiding. But unfortunately, he was hunted and found by a group of Inquisitors. Now, if you don't know who the Inquisitors are at this point in the game, I'm going to need you to go to Wikipedia, okay? You need to Wikipedia Inquisitors, because if you don't know who they are after we've seen Rebels, we've seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, we've seen uh, Tales of the Jedi, uh, if you don't know who the Inquisitors are, 
I'm going to need you to Google it because what are you doing? <laughs> Anyways, Cal ends up being rescued by two characters, Sierra Junda, played by the talented Deborah Wilson, and pilot Grease Drydis, played by Daniel Robeck, who has had an extensive career as a character actor, um, who then Sierra Cal and Grease find themselves in friendship with a Dothamirian knight sister named Marin, played by Tina I've Ivlev. I hope that's right. Tina, I'm sorry. Uh, now I won't spoil that game ending for you because it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. And you should YouTube it if you can because it's great. Um, but you should check it out. Jedi Battle Scars takes place, talking about the book now, Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, takes place in the five years between the very first game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and the new game that was just released on April 28th, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So right off the bat, my first impression of the book is that if you ever wanted more information about Marin slash Sisters slash Dothamir lore, this book is going to give it to you. If you were going for a book that would explore more of Cal Kestis, Grease, or Seer, this isn't exactly going to scratch that itch, but hear me out, okay? I feel like we got to see a lot of Cal's background in Fallen Order and Seer's too. Seer's background played a huge role of Fallen Order and the mysterious character that intrigued everyone in the game was Marin. And unfortunately, we didn't really get to see a lot of Marin's story. All we know is that this scary goth woman with magic green powers was living alone on the planet of Dothamir being manipulated by a crazy ex-Jedi turned Sith named Malakos in hopes of avenging her fallen sisters. Now that I'm reading that, that might be a little bit of spoilers for the game. <laughs> Anyways, but I actually love getting to learn more about Marin and the Dothamirian magic that the Night Sisters used. The author, Sam Maggs, even has said that some people didn't know Marin or appreciated Marin in the way that she would she should have been appreciated, which is why the book was so Marin-centric. Um, speaking of Sam Maggs, the author, Sam is a Canadian-American author who has written a couple of very successful books like The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, which might I add this book, I looked it up, fantastic. It literally is like a coming, do you guys remember, this is so random, but when I was a kid, uh, American Girl dolls were like a huge thing and American Girl published a book about puberty <laughs> and I swear like, all the girls that grew up with American Girl had this puberty book and it was so weird it would tell you like things to look out for in puberty how to flirt it was just like really weird but the fangirl's guide to the galaxy is like that except it tells you like everything you need to know about becoming like a nerd so that's like really cool like she talks about you know the differences between canon and non-canon and different terminology that fangirls use <laughs> it was really it was really cool to flip through it's definitely like oh I hate to say this it's like a toilet book I definitely have a couple toilet books that are like just advice books that I'm you just sit on the toilet and you read advice and like that's your life <laughs> I would definitely recommend the fangirls guide to the galaxy as a toilet book but I digress. <laughs> she has also written Critical Role, The Mighty Nine Origins. Side note, my household is a critical role kind of a household. And she is also a writer for her 9 to 5, where she has written for video games such as Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh-huh, I know. Call of Duty Vanguard. 
and anthem so heck yeah we got like we got a really talented very in tune with her audience kind of writer and i love call of duty so that right there so to say the least i think disney made a great hiring choice when it came to sam max they chose an author who's a fan of star wars she actually played the game she lived with a roommate who was um, involved in the making of the game she actually even tweeted after the game came out that she wanted to write the book so there you go girl you got some manifestation power <laughs> Um, and she's, she fell in love with the characters like we all did. In my opinion, it is becoming more and more important for Disney to hire authors who can bring more of the LGBTQIA plus representation into their works. And I believe that Sam Max was an excellent choice to help achieve this goal. Although I may not personally be interested in romance in some of my Star Wars stories, I strongly feel that it is crucial for LGBTQIA individuals to have a chance to see themselves represented in media. We all just want to be recognized and we want to be seen and heard and I think Sam Maggs did an excellent job with this book. So this book starts off with our beloved heroes or scoundrels, they're kind of scoundrelly, uh, <laughs> trying to infiltrate a Haxian brood base on a rogue asteroid. Now that right there, that's a sentence. Uh, unfortunately, as usual, their plan kind of goes south as the Empire makes a surprise appearance. During their escape, they meet Fret, an Imperial Stormtrooper who is hoping to defect from the Empire with the Mantis crew. Uh, oh yeah, a little side note. The ship that they all live on is an S-Class 161 Stinger Mantis XL Luxury Yacht belonging to Greece, and here's some fun lore for you. The S-Class 161 Stinger Mantis XL was a model manufactured by Latero Spaceworks. Now the word Latero is actually the name of a species. Latero, that is L-A-T-E-R-O, are four-armed sentient species, not to be confused with Rio Durant, the pilot in Solo, a Star Wars story, but actually, Grease in Jedi Fallen Order and in this book, our Grease from this book is in fact Latero. So there's that for you. The Stinger Mantis's design was actually based off of uh, old submarine designs, and some of the elements of the ships were taken from A New Hope uh, to give it that kind of cramped but lived in feel. Personally, I think the Mantis is one of my favorite ships, strictly because it has a terrarium where you can collect plants from the worlds that you visit in the games and you can plant them. Um, I like plants in case you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> but the ship is really cool. You should look up a picture of it. It's way too hard to give like a visual description, <laughs> so I'm not even going to try, but it's pretty cool looking. You should Google it. Um, and it is spelled mantis, like a mantis, like a praying mantis. So M-A-N-T-I-S. Um, just so you guys are aware, I do try to spell some things out because I know when you're listening, it can be kind of hard. I actually, my mother was very hard of hearing for a long time. She just recently was able to afford hearing aids. So I understand the struggle of not being able to hear and I always want to accommodate as much as I can. So if you ever have any recommendations, please feel free to send me a message or um, leave a comment on one of the podcasts. That would be great. Anyways, back to the book. 
So this stormtrooper fret, she basically tries to sell them on this idea that she's trying to fight the Empire and that she knows about the Mantis crew and that the Empire knows about the Mantis crew and that they're like kind of a big deal. So she tells them um, she needs to meet with a contact on Hosnian Prime for a job that would be of great reward for all of them. Now the Mantis crew agrees hesitantly and they meet with this shady contract contract shady contact there we go (laughs) and are tasked with retrieving the imperial schematics for a piece of technology called the shroud which is also being tracked by an inquisitor there's that special word again inquisitor called the fifth brother now the shroud is basically like the cloaking technology from star trek at least that's the way i kind of pictured it uh or like the cloak from harry potter so i'm sure you can imagine what hellish things the empire would love to do with the shroud if they were able to get their hands on it but you can also imagine how cal and seer could use the shroud were they able to establish a jedi protection camp of some sort just an idea so um you can see where i'm going with this really the only person to object to the idea of stealing the schematics was grease we love we love grease he's a great character for um keeping everybody humble (laughs) um so understandably so i mean he he didn't want to go on this mission because the mantis crew you know they they happen to cause a lot of havoc across the galaxy which is why i hesitate yes they are heroes but they are also scoundrelly heroes um and they've caused they've caused kind of a stink so they're wanted in the galaxy for sure so sneaking up to the empire's back door to steal a piece of extremely rare technology that's grease was like yo this is too risky but our band of misfits sure do take the offer uh, to get the shroud, and so they begin their mission. Whilst on their travels, Marin happens to connect with Fret through their shared trauma, which is where we get the juicy bits on Marin's backstory, which I will dive deeper into in a second. But as they successfully infiltrate an Imperial base, they absolutely find the schematics for the shroud, but it's not a data cube or even a schematic card. It's a who. And rescuing that who turns out to have huge repercussions for all the Mantis crew and even results in a major sacrifice. Now, overall, I felt like this book was good. I did listen to the audiobook because I don't have time to read. <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, I work a nine to five and I'm on two podcasts, so I gotta I gotta listen while I drive. That's how I read. <laughs> Um, so the audiobook, which props to the reader, Sean Keenan Elias Reyes, who did an excellent job with the voices for the characters i mean grease was spot on now i felt like this book was oddly lacking in some areas and i think it's because i was expecting a bit more depth like the video games i really enjoyed the exploring and the archaeology aspect of the game and i think i was expecting something like that as like a mystery um and even though we didn't really get that in the book i still enjoyed it and i felt that Marin's character was given exponential death and on that note, let's talk about Marin, our favorite scary night sister. Um, the part that I've literally been so excited to talk about this whole time. So the night sisters are extremely mysterious in the world of Star Wars. And even though we got a little information here and there, like in Rebels and the Clone Wars, 
We got a whole lot of information in Fallen Order. I mean, who would have known that the Night Sisters ceremoniously buried their sisters in these giant hanging cocoons, or that Dothamir really was beautiful in its own spider-infested, rancor-loving, dark-side-fostering sort of a way, you know? So I don't know if I just forgot because it's been a while since I've seen the Clone Wars and it's been a it's been a fat minute since I've seen Rebels. Um, but I didn't know that the Night Sisters drew their magic from the dark side. And Sam Maggs does a really great job in this book explaining Marin's abilities and how she draws them up. I seriously enjoyed placing myself in Marin's Night Sister red robes and golden gray skin and imagining the green flames emanating from my fingertips as I was driving in my car on my way to my nine to five with my Starbucks. Thank you for that, Sam. I needed that break from reality. Uh, <laughs> but I also need to talk about what is ironically my favorite chapter in the book uh, because of how heart-wrenching it is. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know, I am a Pisces, so I am extremely empathetic, like to the point where I cry when other characters I connect with cry. Like, I feel and have felt extremely connected to Anakin Skywalker since I was a child, and his scenes get me every time. Like, I have this vivid memory of me as a child watching the battle on Mustafar in the basement of my house in Colorado, slamming my fists on the television screen, sobbing when he kills Padme and screaming like, let me in the TV. I can save them, please. Um, not one of my best moments, but a moment nonetheless, uh, which is why chapter three of Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars was such a great chapter for me. It made me tear up when I was driving and that's how I know something is good. Okay. If it makes me cry, it's good. The beginning of this chapter includes Marin's internal dialogue as she's killing stormtroopers on the Haxian Brood base. Sam Maggs did a great job showing us the significance of Order 66 and what it was like from the point of view of a character who was not a Jedi, not a Separatist, not a Sith, not a Mandalorian, not a Senator, not a clone, but what it was like to be the byproduct in the affected world. And I personally have not heard any point of view stories of what it was like to experience the sudden end of the Clone Wars and the rush of society and the galaxy just transitioning into the Empire literally overnight. Um, you know, the clones, they had Kamino to return to, well, you know, for a short time. <laughs> uh, where are my Bad Batch fans at? Are you guys okay? I'm not okay. Anyways, uh... <laughs> The Jedi were killed or rushing into hiding, you know, the separatists defected or were deactivated. <laughs> um, and the Sith, well, they were partying, they were living it up. And the Mandalorians were being very depressed. They were getting killed or exiled or fighting with each other. And, you know, the senators, they, they kind of just got rolled into the new empire and they were like, okay, cool. Chancellor Palpatine is Chancellor Palpatine now. That's whatever. You know, but with Marin, she was the remaining sole survivor of her people. And she never got her closure. You know, all of the clones, they had closure in a sense, you know, like they won. But Marin, she never got closure. Like, I'm sure so many unheard characters that we just haven't discovered yet, they never got their closure either. And we've always had the stories of, the Jedi 
during Order 66. We've always kind of seen that point of view that they were tragically killed um, or how, you know, the clones were led to believe that the Jedi were bad and that the clones had won the war and um, or how even the senators thought they'd done their jobs and they were like, cool, all right, we'll just serve this new empire, whatevs. And even the Mandalorians, you know, they stayed together for a short period of time. They were fighting with each other, splitting up due to internal battles. But basically, all of the stories we've been given about that era, some of the characters, they had, you know, some sort of closure. And the Night Sisters, who were not on the Republic side, and yes, they briefly were in service to the Separatists, but they betrayed them. Um, they were kind of the odd duck out. They paid the ultimate sacrifice, and General Grievous ends up killing all of the Night Sisters for their betrayal. Um, and Marin, Marin is around the same age as Cal, which means she was about 12 years old, 12 to 14, when the Battle of Dothamir took place. This means that she was a literal child picking up her sister's bodies and burying what was left of them from the Battle of Dothamir. She's the only one, guys. She's it. She is the last night sister. And I've talked about this before, but the end of the Clone Wars was truly horrific. Order 66 was horrific. The Clone Wars itself was horrific. And I think that because... A lot of us grew up with Revenge of the Sith's display of Order 66. Like, it was something that kind of, like, only affected the Jedi. It, it had repercussions for everyone in the galaxy. And I think that's why Dave Filoni and John Favreau have given us more to chew on when it comes to Order 66. Even in Jedi Fallen Order, you play as Cal and... For me, this sequence of the video game, which this is a spoiler, so if you want to play the video game or watch the gameplay, you should probably skip ahead maybe like a minute and a half. But there's a sequence in Jedi Fallen Order where you play as Cal Kestis experiencing Order 66 through the eyes of a child who's losing his Jedi Master. And nothing quite touched my empathy like that game. And Jedi Fallen Order is pre-Bad Batch, y'all. So we saw a lot in Bad Batch, but Jedi Fallen Order came out before Bad Batch. And I really just think that Sam Maggs did an excellent job of translating Marin's experience and her hatred in this book, specifically in chapter three. What also hits really hard in this chapter is the knowledge that Marin had no way to get closure. She had no one to blame. You know, the Republic was gone. The Separatists were gone. The Jedi were gone. The only person or group that she had to blame was the Empire. And she she took her anger out on every single Imperial Stormtrooper she killed. Any Anybody of Imperial status she loved killing, essentially. That's what this book really dives into. And Sam Maggs does an excellent job of translating that. So, um, transitioning kind of awkwardly, Marin does get a little freaky deaky in this book, uh, which good for her, you know, <laughs> but it was, a, it was kind of unexpected for me. I was listening to the audiobook, and I always feel so awkward listening to anything considered remotely smutty in my car because like, I, 
what if people hear, you know, the people that are like waiting to cross the street and I'm at a stoplight and, you know, if your if your volume's too loud, people can hear your car and they know I'm listening to smut. I don't know. It's a little weird for me. <laughs> Beware of chapter seven, y'all. It's, it's very spicy. Okay. It's a, it's a very spicy chapter. So enough about Marin. What else does this book have to offer? I will say the overall story was good and there is a great plot twist. However, I won't spoil it for you. So you'll have to read it for yourself to see what the plot twist is. But I do love that Sam Mags includes some actions that are from the actual video game. So like Cal Kestis in the game uses stims or certain movements and she describes those as he's doing them as if it were the video game. And I do think if you liked Marin um, in the video games, you you will love this book. This book will be for, for you. But aside from that, I don't really feel like the story added too much to the Star Wars galaxy. It kind of felt like a really fun fan fiction, but not really like a novel. It, it was enlightening and it was a good book. Um, I was definitely interested, I'll say that. Um, but I would rate this book on a five-point scale as a three. So... I hope you all enjoyed this episode and take a chance to check out Bonnie's bookshelf. Our book for the month of May is Star Wars A New Dawn, which is a story about Kanan Jarrus, who happens to be my favorite Jedi. And I will be reviewing that book as well after we finish it. So if you're looking for someone to nerd out over Star Wars with, you should totally follow me on Instagram or TikTok. My username is at Cantina. And I'm super excited to also announce that I will be joining Sisterhood of the Traveling Bantha at Oklahoma City's Pop Culture Con, taking place June 24th and 25th. And I'm so excited for this one. I will also be at Sooner Con. I'm only going to be there on July 1st. So if you are an Oklahoma like me, never feel shy to say hi. I love meeting Star Wars fans and would love to hear your thoughts. But anywho, I hope you have a great week. And until I read read to you again next Tuesday. May the force be with you. <laughs>